You are the master of your reality. This is even more true in relation to the government. Democracy doesn't just happen. It takes participation. Governments need participation and feedback from their citizens. Join Rob Hutchinson for Dear Parliament, where you get to understand the issues and engage directly with government. Dear Parliament is every Wednesday at midday, only on 101.9 High FM. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another edition of the Dear Parliament show. And as regular listeners would know by now, this is the show in which I attempt to bring Parliament closer to you. Or perhaps I should do it the other way around. It's the show in which I attempt to bring you closer to Parliament. Well, there's something to be said about being an active citizen indeed. You know, the great thing about being an active citizen is that you can actually take control of your democracy and you can do that through active engagement. It's not just uh, something that happens during election times, but in between election times where you can actively engage with government at a local level or internet or national level, perhaps sometimes international too. But that requires that you have to be aware, you are then engaged, and you must be solutions-driven. You know, the great thing about politicians is that they tend to highlight everything that's going, going wrong and very seldom what is going right with, with the country. But it's up to us to recognize the opportunities and provide solutions to our elected representatives. You know, this week, uh, well, it was actually recently, that I had the honor of traveling up our beautiful country once again, which is something that I, I plan to do quite quite regularly. And we certainly have a beautiful country and we definitely need to see more of it and remind ourselves that it's not all doom and gloom there as the media would present it or as our politicians tend to do. We have a beautiful country with beautiful people. So I traveled the garden route with an American visitor, uh, Chris Wyatt. He's quite well known in in circle in certain circles. He's a conservative from from the U.S. and an ex uh, military guy. He was a colonel, military intelligence, nonetheless. And he's traveled the world as well. He enjoys South Africa, and hadn't been. Um, along the garden route, so we did it together, and it was it was quite fascinating. He was uh, he has a, a podcast which he, he was promoting and visiting everyone uh, that follows him and people that he's interviewed and and so on. But my my point is that during this experience, we stopped and met so many fantastic people, and really got to see see the country as as it as it is. And we both came to the same conclusion, is that our beautiful country is is compromised and destroyed by politics and politicians. Sadly, sadly so. I mean, as I said, we, we met an amazing, wide, diverse group of people right, right across the country. And it was really lovely. Uh, you know, and when what showed to me what it showed to me was that when we as south africans are left alone we actually get on very well doesn't matter where we come from doesn't matter who who we are our backgrounds our, our skin color or anything else 
we get on really well as as South Africans. There's no uh, discrimination and no no genders. We just all find find ourselves and we go. So, why do political parties create create division? And why is there so much party politics going on with within parties themselves? Yeah, what we have to realize is that. Um, individuals within parties might be in conflict with their party ideology and once they subscribe to two parties or become a member of a party they have to toe that line which is might sometimes be in conflict with their own personal belief yeah there some listeners might know that uh, i once was a politician for a brief moment in time and the reason i got into politics as a civil activist was to understand the inner workings of government, how how government thinks and and so on. And to the more you understand about it, the more you can can influence influence pol- uh, politics and and the outcome of 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 our country. But the most uh, valid reason as to why I got into politics was perhaps because I saw it as as a support system. I thought, given the resources, uh, I could achieve much more than I was as as a civil activist, but that often isn't the case, and certainly wasn't the case in in this in this time. So, you know, had to sit back, yeah, watch it, watch things fall apart, and you know, you when you're in in politics and in the political space, you're certainly bound by bureaucracy and ideology and internal conflict with within within the party within the system as as a whole and and so much more and you tend to lose touch with with the people the pe- very people that you once cared about before you got in in into politics and it becomes an in, internal battle and i fear that is where where we are are today and you know there's there's perhaps a solution on on the horizon and that is a fantastic piece of of legislation that has been put forward by the Constitutional Court in allowing independent candidates, uh, people, individuals such as you listening here, to run as as uh, uh, politicians or run for a seat in in Parliament at a national level. It's always been allowed at a at a local government municipal level, but not at uh, provincial or or national. So hopefully this this bill will will do that. But to give us more insight on this, we'll be chatting shortly to a Michael Louis. And uh, Michael Louis is a fantastic, uh, rather interesting individual, and he certainly has the credentials to to go with it. He has he has been uh, one of the founding founders of the uh, ACDP. He has been around. He was one of the people who was involved in uh, writing our constitution, our new constitution as we know it. And he has done so much more. He is now out of politics and runs an organization called the Independent Candidates Association of South Africa. And he's promoting uh, independent candidates to run at a national level and driving the, this bill, which seems to be in conflict with a quite a bit of legislation and doesn't seem to be making it too easy for independent candidates to run. And I'm sure Michael will reveal 
to us exactly why political parties seem to be pushing against this bill. And as Michael says, this bill uh, that exists before Parliament is quite arguably the, the single most important piece of legislation considered since the dawn of democracy in 1994. But stay with us because, uh, well, sit back and relax, actually. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson because democracy doesn't just happen. And welcome back to the show. And if you... Uh, missed if you've missed the intro or you missed uh, previous shows, feel free to visit our website or uh, Spotify for the podcast. Our website is www.chaifm.com. And as I said, we are joined today by Michael Louie, and we are discussing the electoral amendment bill. Good day, Michael. I trust you are well. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Rob, and great to be with you and the listeners. Really a beautiful topic and a wonderful introduction by you, Rob. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, we've been involved in it together for, for quite some time. So it's a topic familiar familiar to us as or familiar to me and familiar to you, well familiar to you as well. Uh, Michael, I I did a brief intro, but I think let's let's start with some some history around around this bill, where it originated from, why it was brought about, and so on, and then get into the nitty-gritty. Do you want to take us through that? Yeah, thanks, Rob. Well, I mean, the big thing is that um, I often say to people, you know, unless you've been in the belly of the beast um, in a political party system, um, you really won't understand what happens within the ambit of that, because it's easy to have rules and statutory norms that govern you, but there's something much deeper that happens inside that system. And in my chairmanship of ACDP, I really was concerned about a number of things. And the one thing, obviously, is that factualism is a huge thing. And for some unknown reason, I don't know why a political party system is factional, but I think that's like the animal kingdom. You know, you always have to fight somebody within the ambit of the political party. Um, and then secondly, um, it really goes also about the leadership when it comes to nominating your members of parliament. I do not always believe that political parties, and this is not um, only from the ACDP, but I do not always believe that the political parties nominate your best candidate to do the job. I think what happens is it's like a pension club or a reward club. And the longer you serve, um, the more your chances are to get into position. I'll never forget at the local government election, for instance, um, now in Queenstown um, that we did last year, there was one of the candidates called King Park um, that I brought into. They formed an independent association. And Ken Clark um, sort of headed that. Now, Ken Clark is a millionaire. He started Twitter, the full drink Twitter. And, and then he decided he wants to change Queenstown because he employs 3,000 people and he's got no electricity, no water that services the factory. And he thought, that's the way I can solve it is to get into government. That's why he wanted to do an Indian. But he had an interesting discussion with a member of the Democratic Alliance where the woman said to him, but Ken, I don't understand... Why, don't, why do you want to stand as an independent candidate? 
you can't just come and stand. You need to learn the ropes. Why don't you come to the DA and in your first year you hang phones and in the second year you pay stamps and your third year you hand out ballots. Well, not quite all that detail. I'm exaggerating a little bit. <laughs> and you have a man that runs a billion rand organization and political parties are of the impression you need to start at the bottom and work yourself up. But yet there are so many talented, gifted individuals that have headed universities, headed healthcare institutions, uh, military institutions that are sitting at home or that want to be back in the street or to their country and they do not want to be a member of a political party. So that's how it really started to say we have to get in this country new voices and new actors. We don't have all those on pension busy sitting there, and how could we break that mold? And the only mold to do it was to, you know, change the system where we, the people, actually nominate our representatives and not the political parties. That's the basis of it. And then I was very blessed, like you said, to be part of the Constitution writing process where uh, we saw 1B, that says that every individual has the right to public office. Any of the listeners that are listening to this program, if they believe a public servant and to be a parliamentarian, they could. But the electoral act said that body, um, and that's what we do to the public and the favorable judge. Michael, we. We're struggling to, to hear you. We're just going to uh, try reconnect reconnect with you, but in in the meantime, I'll I'll, I'll chat to you about about the bill it, it, itself. Uh, sorry about that, listeners. It's just a bit of a bad line. Our, our load shedding has made sure that connections are not too great here. <laughs> I, to tell you a story, I've been without without power for quite some time. You know what happens when load shedding takes place and then when they switch it on it doesn't come back on when a transformer blows up and then when you live in in the remote sticks outside of outside of main suburbia you have to wait for parts to be delivered from from a nearby town well that was fun what wasn't it and then power came back on load shedding three times a day it definitely destroys our our infrastructure but we're busy getting uh, Michael, back on the line. Hopefully the connection will be somewhat better and a lot, a lot clearer. Something to be said about this electoral bill is is that it's, it has created quite a stir within, within the political circles. There's definitely a pushback from, from political parties and no doubt because of the, as, as Michael was saying, if, if you could hear there, that it's might cause a rift in political parties with a few individuals who might be upset with the party, split away, start their start their own political movement as individuals, and then splinter or fracture fracture parties. And I know no doubt that will occur across the board from from the, the ANC right through to the DA to any other party in fact. There, there is, um, I'm sure, a list of, of independent candidates which will emerge from each one of those parties. So, a lot to be, lot to be uh, considered when, 
when is is brought before Parliament. In fact, it is before Parliament right now. But a lot to understand as to why the pushback is happening from from there. But as Michael says, there's a lot to a lot of positive can come from this bill. You will be able to directly vote for a candidate of your choosing, um, and you will elect those candidates to represent you, which is great. As as Michael also said, in case you didn't hear, was that a party elects its own its own representatives. You vote for the party, not for the individual at a national level, which creates which creates several problems. No doubt, the individuals that are selected are not always ideally suited to uh, what what we expected as voters, and don't. Tend or tend not to uh, listen to us as constituents. So having an independent there will be will be great, um, and especially an independent that's elected uh, based on merit rather than party politics or their position within a party is is no doubt the the way to go. So Michael's almost back with us. Uh, I see we are. Trying to get him back on there. Please, please uh, tell me Michael, that you can hear there? me. Um, Not so. yet, but anyway, <laughs> anyway, I could ramble on on for Rob, for a while here and and talk about this, but I don't want to take away what what Michael says. Um, he has incredible insight into the situation, as as I've said, but uh, there's a lot more going on behind the scenes in this. This whole need to re- to reform the electoral bill came about after the constitutional court had ruled that it was unconstitutional that independent candidates or citizens of South Africa could not run at a national level. Constitution clear- makes it clear that anybody can, no matter who you are, can run for a, a seat in at a national level. It's been allowed at a municipal level but hasn't hasn't been carried forward through there. And uh, when the constitution was was actually written, and Michael uh, Louis was one of the people who was involved in that process. When it was when it was actually drafted, it they knew of the shortcomings of of this uh, electoral electoral act, and it did conflict with the constitution. However, the idea was to bring it in line over over time. And this is part of that whole process. But as I said, it, it could create major issues for for political parties. Will it be the end of politics as we know it? It might well be. It might well be. Is it the shakeup that we need as as South Africans? Well, in my opinion, I think it is. It absolutely is. So let's give this a go. Uh, is Michael, are you there? Please tell me that I'm there. Yes, you are. Fantastic. Oh, thank goodness. Welcome. Um, thanks. But can you hear me clearly or not, Rob? Can hear you clear, loud and clear, Okay, Michael. that's great. That's great. Lovely. So we were chatting about the, the bit of the history around around this bill. And I, while in your absence, I, I did present that it did come from a constitutional court ruling and a bit of the history about where it was and so on. You know, let's... Let's perhaps chat about um, why are independent candidates so necessary? 
Rob, I think the big thing is that um, the reason why independent candidates are necessary is because we have to lift the standard of politicians in this country. Now, let me explain that. Is that we have devised a system whereby South Africa will be divided into constituencies and those constituencies can nominate their leaders, their statesmen and women that can represent them. So let me give the um, listeners an example. Julie Mudden-Seller decides to stand in Stellenbosch. Stellenbosch is a constituency and she decides to stand in Stellenbosch as an independent candidate. What automatically happens the other political parties can't just go and put anybody to stand against her. They can't just put Cyril Ramaphosa with a flag or a broomstick and then the ANC comes in or any of the other political parties come in. Because we have become a mature society that we are looking for calibered new actors and voices that can represent us. And I think we, that's what we're trying to do. The second thing is it's about accountability. I believe by virtue of your, uh, your constituency knowing who your representative is, whether it's an independent or a political party, because the big thing is, Rob, what we're trying to do is not anything against political parties. It's just to sort of identify individuals that are so badly wanting to give back to this country but do not want to be part of a political party. And I'm one of them that do not want to be part of a political party again because I'm fighting more with the people in my party than doing my job. And you know the story that it's not the person that's in front of you, your enemy, that's going to stab you. It's the person sitting behind you that stabs you. So I wanted to give more positive and constructive energy, and that's why I believe independents are going to play a very, very important part in the political dispensation in the country. That makes a whole lot of sense. I mean... You and I have both been both been subject to to that, and it's it does seem counterproductive where political parties themselves are meant to be for the people, but the members of those political parties tend to fight among amongst each other. You know, That's right. Will this will this bill have a? It's clearly a threat to to political parties, and there are so many questions as to why they why they are resisting the passing of of this bill. Uh, any ideas why that re- resistance is there? Well, look, I mean, the big thing is that um, they're re- uh, resisting it because there's definitely going to be a power shift um, because at the end of the day, you're now going to bring in a huge amount of new voices and players because if you're competing with the same players, you know who they are and you know how a political system um, works. There's not many new people that are going to come up into the system. But the thing I don't understand, Rob, and this is what the listeners need to really take cognizance of, the, the facts are that in the last election, 2019, 17,4 million people went to the poll. 19,6 million people didn't go and vote. Hmm. And so what I always say to the political parties, why are you worried about the 17,4 million people? Because what the Independence Association is trying to do, we're trying to focus on the 19,6 million people to get more voters to go to the polls, to get our mature democracy more alive. 
of that 19.6 million people, 10 million for our young people that haven't voted. And when I sat in a number of commissions and wanted to ask the young people, but why don't you go and vote? They say very distinctly, show us who our leaders are and who we must vote for. Don't just show us a flag and a president, because that's not going to encourage us. And that's why I honestly believe, and I've seen President Bishlante actually said it in this week, he said we need to get new young leaders into this country to attract the young people to go and vote with new, just new energy and new ideas. And um, um, I also run some businesses and things, and I see as soon as you bring in new blood and new energy, something happens in the dynamic in that organization. And that's what we need to try and do in this country on our political terrain. Absolutely couldn't agree with you more on, on that, Michael. That's... It certainly is is a time for something fresh. Something has to be done. There has to be electoral reform, and and no doubt it can only start with fresh blood, as 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 you say. You are listening to Dear Parliament with Rob Hutchinson, because democracy doesn't just happen. Hey, welcome back, and we're chatting today with Michael Louis. Uh, who is uh, from the fantastic organization called the Independent Candidates Association of South Africa. And we're chatting about the Electoral Amendment Bill, which certainly will shake up the political space in South Africa, as we know, by allowing independent candidates to run at a national level. Now, Michael, one thing that really does, does concern me is we're going to see a... 10 meter long ballot paper here with hundreds of, of candidates to choose from. How are we going to deal with that? Look, I think the big thing is if we're going to have to choose um, provincially um, like the bill is written at the moment, because remember they've made the provinces, which they call the regions now as a constituency, it's really going to be a, a little bit difficult. That's number one. Number two is I really believe that if we do a constituency, again, let's take the Stellenbosch example and um, its own constituency, I really don't believe that there's going to be so many people standing because there's very, very, very restrictive um, impediments that uh, will make an independent to stand. So let me just give an idea of them and then you can also understand why we fight them. If a member or a person that's listening wants to become uh, a member of a political party and the political party wants to register for the election, the whole political party only needs to get a hundred, a thousand signatures. That's what the political party must get. And the political party must go and pay a deposit, anything from 250,000 to 500,000 rand. Um, that deposit is refundable if um, any one of those members become a member of parliament. So there you could have a 50 or 40 or 30 percent chance that 30 people are going to go in. Even if just one goes in, you get your deposit back. An independent candidate that wants to stand needs to get 12,500 signatures and also pay 250 to 500,000 deposits, plus pay all their marketing fees, all their posters, everything that they've got, they need to pay, while the state subsidizes 
political parties that are already in Parliament. Hang on. So my sentiment, so my sentiment is that Parliament has actually said to the Constitutional Court, we can do TikTok and include independent candidates to stand, but we're going to take away their shoes, we're going to take away their water, and we're going to make them run backwards. And hopefully they get it. That's absolutely crazy. I mean, 12,500 uh, signatures for an independent, yet a political party in its entirety only needs 1,000. That, that's, that's, that is completely discriminatory. It shouldn't be allowed. Yeah, but that's why we're fighting, Rob. That's why we hope that, yes, South Africa will be with us on the steps of Parliament on Friday at 11 o'clock where we're going to say, we're not going to allow you just to go and not hear the voices of civil society. This electoral bill is not a reflection of the will of the people. And we have to fight it. We have to stand against it. Because how can poor Gaga that's sitting in Kailicha and has been feeding the poor for 25 or 30 years of her life and is a leader in her community, why must she only be allowed to stand if she can put down 250 or 500,000 rand plus 12,500 signatures? Absolutely agree on that one. And what what people need to understand is that it's, this isn't a race for pre- the presidency. This is this is a a a, a motion to get uh, proper representatives in parliament and involved in the decision making process, which is sadly lacking in in our in our current uh, setup. You know, the you used a great example there of of. Uh, Gugu, uh, representing her community, political parties have no idea what happens at the ground level, simply Nothing. because of the way they, they're structured. That's but right. independent candidates will accurately represent the voice of the people, the voice of their community and constituents at a national level. This yeah, will actually yeah. bridge that gap that is so lacking in South Africa, the gap that is growing day day by day. So from from that point... I think that's that's quite a quite a good thing. We need more uh, independent representatives at a national level, simply because they represent the people. They don't that's represent correct. a party, if that's that makes correct. if that makes sense. No, definitely, Rob. That is definitely what it is, um, and that's why we have to fight it. We have to stand up and not accept it and reject it. And that's why I'm very pleased to report. Um, that we had a electoral in Darba two weeks ago, whereby Vali Musa, who was advisor to the uh, minister regarding this bill, said that this bill will never pass constitutional muster. It's not the will of the people. It's not a reflective of equality before the law. And so on Friday, we're going to stand on the steps of Parliament, advising Parliament that we as civil society will not accept this bill at all. That's great. That, uh, I think that's definitely what should be done. What what comes to mind here is that there's, there's resistance from uh, from political parties and representatives in in parliament already, and there's also resistance against this bill from civil society. However, two completely different points are are being put put forward here. Would you say this bill needs to be withdrawn completely, or should it be revised to be more more in line? Well, that's a very um, interesting question because I'm busy struggling with some of the civil societies because they need to give comments by the 16th. And they said, by virtue of giving comments to the bill, they're legitimizing this process. And obviously, 90% of us believe the process was totally flawed because 
civil society didn't have our voice and it wasn't included and not heard. So they feel that um, they don't even want to comment on the bill. However, I um, spoke to senior counsel and where senior counsel said that you have to try and comment because when it goes to the cons court, if it goes to the constitutional court, which I think it will, the constitutional court will say, but listen, you did have an opportunity to comment. Why didn't you comment and make suggestions and just shoot it down and not comment at all? So my um, landing my plane on this issue, um, Rob, is that um, I really believe we must always be seen as a constructive force. I believe litigation is the last resort, and we have to try and see how government incorporates and reaches out to civil society to see how we can come with a compromise solution with what we call a sunset clause, to know we won't get exactly what we want now for 2024, but if we can get a sunset clause to say this um, bill is only for now for 2024 and then at the start of 2025, we will all sit together for the 2029 elections and do a proper electoral reform process, which is much more comprehensive and, is, and reflects the majority report of what Wali Musa and the Ministerial Advisory Committee recommended. That makes a whole lot of sense. It definitely, definitely does. Well, this is exciting stuff. It really is, because it is a definite shake-up of, of politics and of the political system. So hopefully this, this will, will work out well. Michael Lou, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, chatting to you. And I think you're, you've revealed quite, quite a bit of, uh, around this bill and quite a few misconceptions that I'd also personally had uh, about it. The most the most obvious one here is that uh, I remember this bill's been out for comment quite a few times, and uh, the fir- at first I thought it's great, let's support it. It's the way it, way it should be. We need independent yeah. candidates, but yeah. now going into it in depth like this, I see that the bill, although well intended, is not in any any way where it should be. Therefore, I myself would would reject the bill, and and ask for a rework of it, which is more inclusive to all, all South Africans. Is that perhaps the message that you are sending out? Well, definitely, and that has to happen, Rob. And, you know, that's why I appreciate individuals like yourself, because you're a born activist, you know. And I want <laughs> the listeners to be so appreciative of people that are called to be activists, because I cannot believe there's a group of about six of us sitting in every single session of Parliament for the last three years, and if it wasn't for us to expose what's happening, we will have an electoral system that will never change this country. So please could the listeners just keep on close to this whole thing and we see how we can sort it out. And thank you for the wonderful program that you've done, Rob. I do sometimes listen and I really, really appreciate what Dear South Africa does for us. Oh, that's an absolute pleasure. And thanks for to High FM for allowing this platform. It's without High FM we wouldn't we wouldn't have a voice at all. So yes, yeah, so thank you, Michael. I think we should definitely catch up after after your day on Friday, perhaps uh, in, within the next few weeks to discuss further deliberations, see how far this bill has gone, and whether we've actually made a dent as as civil society. But thank you so much for for coming on the show, and we'll definitely chat soon. Thank you, Rob, and bless you and all your listeners. Lovely, lovely. And dear listeners, if you did miss the show, um, be sure to catch up with the podcast, which is available on Spotify, 
and on uh, Chai FM's website at www.chaifm.com. And if you have anything to say, feel free to do so. Send an email to onair at chaifm.com or send an SMS to 34519 and ask the ask our guest or myself questions. And if you want a, a follow-up, let, let us know. And that brings us to the end of the Dear Parliament show for this week. And I thank you for, for listening. It was a great one to, to have and, and a pleasure to have, have you around as well. And thanks to once again to the team at High FM for making it happen, even during load shedding and with these technical difficulties that we seem to have. And that's it. Thank you. And remember to stay democratically engaged, active and responsible. Ciao for now.